Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. All right. Cruel and unusual punishment, right? All right, so here's the question I have. Rowan, JB, Sarah, Ward, how many would have eaten it right out of the gate? Oh, you know, all right, so how many of you, if if it was you in the room and they give you, if it's not, marshmallows are not my thing, Cheetos? I'd have been mad. I'd have been hunting for the box if you only gave me one uh, or a bag. So how many would have eaten ahead of time? Yeah, see, some of, us, some of us admit we'd just go ahead. How many would wait? You know, if it was two Cheetos or one, it's really not that much. I'm going to be mad. I want the bag. So anyways, well, it's interesting. Uh, I, that little video, we, we like that video because it, it reminds me of the issues that we face in life. Um, we know that the Bible is clear in telling us uh, there are things we're to do as believers and things we're not to do. We're things that we need to be careful about so that we don't fall into temptation. Well, this morning's question is, how do I deal with temptation in my life? Now, for those of you who were here on Wednesday night, you, I talked about temptation because of the sword of the Spirit. We were finishing up our series, Dress for Success, on Wednesdays, and the sword of the Spirit is our only offensive weapon we have when we put on the armor of God. And for those of you who weren't here, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message on YouTube or Facebook, and you will uh, pick up some pointers on dealing with that. This morning, I want to look at a passage of Scripture, though, is that, that deals with temptation. And it's a passage of Scripture that oftentimes is misunderstood. If you've ever heard the, the, the saying, God won't give me more than I can handle or more than I can bear. If you've ever heard that, that's just poor theology. Because the truth of the matter is, if you can handle it on your own, you don't need God. And the truth of the matter is, we need God. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, we're going to look at that passage, 1 Corinthians 10 verses thir- uh, t- oh, only one verse verse 13 and it's going to help us unpack this the truth of the matter is we need God we can't survive without it because if it's left our own demise we'll fall into temptation every time we we'll be like that little girl who didn't even wait for the teacher to get out of the room and was already eating that So let's look at verse uh, 13 of 1 Corinthians 10. It says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we're going to look at this verse that Paul, that you gave Paul in 1 Corinthians. And Father, we realize that temptation is a real thing. That the enemy wants to throw us off. 
to get us to stumble, to go down a path in which we are honored and not you. So Lord, today as we unpack this scripture passage, I pray for guidance and wisdom. I pray to you would speak clearly in this time. Amen. So here's our big idea this morning we want you to catch. If you've got your notes in front of you, you see it there. And I encourage you to take notes. Uh, you're going to retain more if you write them down as if you just listen. Uh, big idea is this. Believers need to recognize victory over temptation is always available because of the grace of God. Here's the thing. You and I can have victory over Jesus all the time. It's always available. The only question will be whether we'll, we'll step in for that victory or we'll, or we'll step in for our own selfish gain. So this morning, let's, let's look at this text. There's four things I want to point out to you about temptation that all come from the text. First, first point I want you to catch is temptations are experienced by everyone. Temptations are experienced by everyone. So here's what I want you to do. Raise your hand if you've never been tempted. Now look around the room. Notice nobody raised their hand. Nobody, nobody in this room uh, can say, I'm, I'm never tempted. Listen, you can be tempted at the restaurant to, to push more in than you need to, right? We can be, anybody ever been tempted to buy something? You're up late night and you're watching those infomercials and they say, you can buy this product. It's, a, it's got a lifetime warranty. It's, it's got all this. It will, it will change your life for $9.95. Just order now. And you pick up the phone and something inside you says, no. And you don't. You know, everybody is tempted. We all face temptations. We all have those moments in which we struggle. Look what the verse says. Verse 10. No temptation has come upon who? You. No temptation has come upon you. In other words, everybody has a temptation. Now, what you're tempted by may not be the, the same thing that somebody else is tempted by. I can't believe there are people who don't like chocolate. I mean, I just think that's just unhuman. But there are people who, who don't care for sweets or chocolate. That may not be your temptation, gluttony. But you may be tempted to, to cheat on your taxes, to be dishonest with your business, to, to do all sorts of things. That may be your temptation. James tells us this. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever who? You experience various trials. Consider it what? Great joy. Why would we want to consider it great joy? I mean, temptations, don't we think temptations are those things that are bad for us? Why would we, why would we? think of it in that way now let me say this the word temptation here that paul uses in first corinthians is the same word used in the old testament and the other passages in the new testament like james that means temptation trials and testing those three words all wrapped up into this and so there are trials that we face that are to do evil 
that are causes problems. Temptation, temptation simply is simple is a simple test to prove our obedience or our disobedience. It's all temptation is. It's it's a it's a test to say, will you be obedient to God or will you give in to self and lust and greed? That's what temptation is. And so the question has to be for, for you and I, when we face temptation, do we become obedient or disobedient to God and His Word? John Piper says it this way. Today, I stand before innumerable temptations. That is what life is. Endless choices between belief and unbelief. Obedience and disobedience. That's all temptation is. An opportunity for us to give God glory by being obedient to his his commands. And And to prove our belief in God as authority and creator, or it's an opportunity to give in to self and sin and be disobedient to God and unbelieve his promises. That's, a, that's temptation. So temptations come to everyone. Every one of us has a temptation. Second thing I want you to catch out of this text is temptations are not unique. They're not unique. In fact, we've been you can look through scripture and see the same temptations we deal with. Look at verse 12, or verse 13, he says. It says, no temptation has come upon you except what is what? Common to humanity. In other words, the same thing you're dealing with, somebody else has already dealt with. The same sins we struggle with, the same temptations we have, somebody else has. They're not unique to you. You're not that special that you have your unique temptations. You and I face the same temptations. And let me tell you another thing. Jesus faced the same temptations. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews 4, 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been what? Tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Catch this. There's nothing new under the sun when it comes to temptations. The same things have been going on since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve are tempted in the garden. And that temptation is simply, do you want more than what you have? Do you think you, should, you deserve more? You ought to get more. And they fall in. Listen, the world... From, from, from the time creation's been created, we've dealt with addictions, we've dealt with cheating, we've dealt with prejudice, we've dealt with, with self-centeredness, we've dealt with money, we've dealt with greed, we've, everything. Scripture finds all of it there. Your temptation is, is not unique. Others have faced the same temptations you face. We have a God who sent his one and only son came in the form of a human. Taking on the likeness of man. Was tempted himself. 
and dealt with that. We don't, we don't worship a God who doesn't understand. We worship a God who does understand, but still expects obedience. And so, temptation happens to everyone. Temptations are not unique. And the third one is, temptations are not overwhelming. Temptations are not overwhelming. Now, before you, before you call me out on this one, just stop and listen to me. I, I, I get temptations are strong. I understand the power of temptation. I, I, I see that whether it's, whether it's in gluttony for myself or other things. I, I understand that. But temptations are not overwhelming. Because if they're so powerful that they overwhelm you, then the gospel doesn't have that kind of power. Catch that? If temptations are stronger than, than God, then God's not who God claims to be. I understand they're strong. I understand they're difficult to deal with, but God is stronger. Bob Russell tells a story about uh, growing up, and, and he said, Mom had one rule at the house when we started dating, and that was we could not bring our, a girl home to the house if nobody was there. And he said, I would say to my mom, don't you trust me? And she would never say, I don't trust you. She wouldn't say, I don't trust the girl. She, she would just say, I know temptation is strong. And listen, I realize temptations are strong, but God is stronger. You tracking? Look at what, it, verse 10, look at a verse. No temptation has come upon you except what is common for humanity, but Let's do that one again, because I think we ought to hit that one a little harder. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity, but God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. In other words, here's the thing. God in his power is faithful. If you will trust him in his power, he'll handle it. He'll, give, he'll take care of it. But here's the thing. You've got to trust him. You've got to, you come to face to face with the temptation. You've got one or two choices. I'm going to be trusting in the power of God because he's faithful. Or I'm going to trust in myself and whatever it is I'm giving into. The lust, the lies, the greed, whatever. One or two choices. And the temptation is strong, I get it. But God is stronger. Amen? Amen. God is stronger. Look what, look what we read in Scripture here. Psalms 46 says, Our God is our refuge and our a helper who is always found in troubled times. Listen, how can you stand and say, God is my refuge and strength if you don't trust he's faithful? If you don't believe in his power, if you don't think he's got greater power than the temptation that you have. Listen, the devil can't make you do anything. He doesn't have that kind of power. 
He can only tempt you. He can be strong at it. But you hold the key. Because you choose. Which way will you go? Listen. God oftentimes uses Satan's attempts for his glory. In fact, look at Matthew uh, 6, 13. And lead us not into, but deliver us from evil. The disciples are asking Jesus to pr- teach them how to pray. And Jesus says, why don't you pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here's the thing. Jesus wants to help them understand God has the power and the authority to conquer temptations. Now here's the fourth thing. And I, I, I made a statement there that, I, that I'm going to come to. That God uses temptations of Jesus for his glory. But here, here it is. Temptations are to be endured. Temptations are to be endured. Now before we look at the verse, I want you to catch this. Look at me real quick, all eyes. God never, ever in his word says, I will remove you from temptation. No matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you give your life to Christ, no matter how hard you go for God, it never says, I'm going to remove you from temptation. What the Bible teaches is God will help you endure it. Give you the strength to get through it. The strength to stand strong while the temptation still exists. Now look at our verse. It says, no temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way so that you may be able to bear it. He's going to give you a way out so that you can bear it. Throughout scripture, we see people being tempted. We see Satan's work, but we see how God helps them bear it and uses it for his glory. And this is what I was talking about a minute ago, that God often uses Satan's temptations for his glory. Satan uses temptation for, for evil. God turns it around and uses it for his glory. Let me show you a couple people that we, we know this happened to. Look at Genesis. Uh, this is Joseph. Joseph and his brothers, remember? Joseph's brothers sold, sold him into slavery. He said, let's get rid of this uh, daddy's boy. Let's, 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 let's do him in. Years later, Joseph looked at his brothers and said, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good. God planned it for good. So here's the thing. Satan worked in the life of his brothers. They sold him. We read Joseph's story. Over 13 years he's in bondage. But he never gives up. God is always faithful. He goes to Potiphar's house. He's successful. God is still God. Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape, goes to jail. God is still faithful and on his throne. In jail, he meets two guys, 
interprets their dreams. Don't forget me. They both get out and they forget him. One dies, but he, he's going to forget him. Um, but the other one forgets him until the king has a dream. God is faithful through it all. Joseph never gives in. Faced every day with the opportunity. Do I, am I faithful? Do I believe or do I disbelieve? Am I obedient or do I just be disobedient? Did God just give up on me? I mean, have you ever felt like God may have given up on you? Has it ever felt like the world just rolled over on top of you? In those moments, we have a challenge before us. Believe that God is still on his throne. Or throw our hands up and go, no, I don't believe. Joseph comes to that point. Look at Matthew. We find this. This is Jesus. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. But catch what happens. To be what? Tempted by the devil. God sends his son into the wilderness. The Spirit leads him. The devil sees it as an opportunity. I'm going to tempt him. Throughout the whole text, there's this conversation that Satan has with, with Jesus and tries to tempt him. That was our text from, from Wednesday night. And every time we see Jesus rebuking Satan, he rebukes him with Scripture. Even when Satan quotes Scripture and takes it out of context, Jesus reminds him. And James says it this way. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. And let what? Have its full effect so that you may be able to be mature and complete, lacking nothing. God never promises that when we cry out to him in a temptation, he'll just take it away. Or that he'll end temptations in our life. What he promises throughout scripture is you'll be able to endure it. We read stories like Joseph and think, how strong. We read the story of Job. I mean, think about it. God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Look what Job goes through. Job endured. He was faithful. Temptations will never leave us. The question is, how will we endure them? Will we be faithful? Will we acknowledge God has the power and authority over this? Or will we give in? So what's our takeaways today? Well, let me give you three. First one is, recognize the, the temptations in your life. Recognize the temptations in your life. All of us have temptations. Not all of us have the same temptation. Um, you know, we, we have seen in Scripture uh, of temptations. We, 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 we read them. We know what they are. We, you know, we know there's lust. We know there's, there's uh, greed. We, we know there's prejudice. We know that uh, there's a temptation to, to be ugly. Uh, you know, but Paul tells us don't let any unwholesome words come out of our mouth. And what he's talking about there is gossip and hurting people. 
All these things, we, we know what those are. And sometimes that's an issue for us. That, that we spend our days trying to be good. But, but you know what? When we get around this group of people, when we go down to the coffee shop, when we, when we go over here to this, for some reason we, we fall into to temptation. The, the thing is, we have to recognize what that is. You, you've got to figure out what are the things in your life that's taking you from being obedient to God to disobedient. And if you're here this morning, you go, Pastor, I don't have any temptations. What I would tell you to do is begin to pray hard. Because you're falling into them and you don't realize it. And pride may be it. But we all have temptations. So we need to begin to acknowledge what those are. Where we struggle, where, where those paths are. We, we, can't, we can't ask God for help when we can't acknowledge what they are. The second thing is, trust in the power of Christ over temptation. Trust in the power of Christ over temptation. So if you can acknowledge what your temptations are, then that means you begin to be aware of what those things are. And so when you become aware of what your issues are, what your temptations are, what are the things that cause you to, to slip off from the plan God has for you, then when you, are more, when you are aware of them, then you're more likely to be sensitive to when those moments are happening. And when those moments happen, you've got an opportunity. And that opportunity is to trust in Christ. Trust in the power. Listen, try to drive this home, but is, is there anything God doesn't have power over? That would have been great for you to respond there. Is there anything that God, that God doesn't have the power over? No, he doesn't. So, so let's just stop and acknowledge that everything we, we face in life, God is bigger and more powerful. So if we've got a temptation, if we've got a struggle, God's bigger. We've just got to trust in that power. Amen? Amen? So the third thing. Seek to bring glory to God through the temptation. Through the temptation. Temptations are always going to be there. How do you bring glory to God? You bring glory to God by acknowledging it's not something you give into. You bring glory to God by acknowledging his power over it. You bring glory to God by, by asking God to take over and relying on him. In the midst of temptations, that's what we do. That's how we live. In 2005, September, or January 2005, there was a couple of uh, five guys who, who lived in Utah, and they spent their days um, skiing up in the, the, the mountains and the parks and those types of areas. And so they, this particular day, they they come to Park City and they park their car and they, they begin to 
make their way to the ski slope. They get on the chairlift. They go up above the tree line. If you've ever been in Colorado skiing, you know that there comes a point where you hit the tree line and it's done and you can keep going. So they kept going. They come up to Dutch Draw. And at Dutch Draw, there's this sign that says, says, danger, do not enter. You're, you're taking your life in your own hands, something like that, I think is what the sign said. And they went on. And they crossed over, and they got over into this area and began skiing. At the second pass down, one of the guys yelled, avalanche. And as the avalanche came, Shane uh, Mariner was caught in the avalanche. It took three days to dig him out to find him, and obviously he died. He lost his life in an avalanche, and so the news media picks it up. The story, they begin to talk about these five guys and their, their, their lack of skill and knowledge and how they disobeyed the obeyed the signs and they had no business in the area in which they were skiing. But the truth of the matter is, all five guys are certified avalanche back, uh, certified, certified avalanche backpack skiers. In other words, this is what they do for a living. Well, not for a living, but they do it for a rescue. But on this particular day, all five of them had decided not to take any of that equipment with them. They know better. It's all good. We'll be fine. We don't need that. And it cost Shane his life. You know, a lot of times temptations, we know better. We know the right tools. We know the right things. We know how to handle temptation. But we just set out on a journey and we begin to think, wow. I don't need to worry about that today. And before we know it, we let our guard down, just as these five guys did. And sin overpowers us and sin takes us. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't, I can relate to shame. I could relate to Shane in the third days that I just lived my life thinking, oh, it's okay. I got it. And if it wasn't for the grace of God bailing me out. It just takes a moment. Listen, it takes, it doesn't take long for two eyes to meet at a workspace and all of a sudden they begin to have conversations that they're not supposed to have. And lead down a path they shouldn't. Just takes a moment of, of thinking. Man, I don't know where I'm going to get this money. And, well, you know, nobody, nobody's going to know if I, you know. Well, I'll put, i tell you what, I, I could put this back later. It, it just takes a brief second for us to, to do something, to say something. That can be life-changing, life-altering. We step into a lie because we're ashamed. But that lie continues to, to build and build. and we, we reach a point where we just decide, 
I, I can't tell anybody. What if I, what would they think if I confessed? I, I'll try to fix this on my own. I'm ashamed of what I've done. All the thinking does is continues to buy into the lie that t Satan wants us to buy into. Because we're not going to fix it on our own without the help of God, the power of Christ, the grace that comes through Christ. I can relate to Shane and his five guys. We can be lazy. We can let our guard down. Friends, when we do that, we fall into sin and fall into temptation. Would you stand with me this morning?